This is a Spirit of Truth Radio Arts original program in partnership with Salt and Light Catholic Radio. I think it was Burt Ward, the actor that played Robin in the 1960s television show Batman, that said we need to lighten up. None of us make it out of here alive. In this casual conversation, Deacon Dave and I talk about the passing of two of his brothers this year. One expected, the other was not. This episode is a reminder to be prepared for the inevitable, whether it be expected or comes like a thief in the night. This episode, to quote Robin one more time, is a holy reality check, Batman. Deacon Dave, welcome. Well, thank you, Dave. Hey, I don't know why I'm welcoming Yeah, I don't know why I'm welcoming you. You're co-host of this show, but I recently made my first trip to Staten Island, your your hometown. Uh, sadly, it was for uh, the the death of your brother Paul, who I did know. Uh, actually, I, I knew Paul before I knew you, because we were on a, uh, an axe retreat together, and uh, he sat at the table next to me. But uh, what a gentle soul! What a the, I I knew of him. Sadly, he he uh, he passed away. You recently did a homily. You 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 and Father Larry Burrell served the mass for his funeral, and I'd like to share with the audience now your homily that so beautifully and simply tells us that we don't know when when the end is coming. Share that with you now. Tempus fugit, momente more. You must also be prepared for an hour you do not know or do not expect the Son of Man will come. Earlier this week, seven people were killed in a massive car and truck pileup on I-55 in New Orleans due to a super fog. Super fog is a combination of a fog and smoke. These people just living their lives, going about their business, had no idea was about what was about to happen. Almost two years to the day, Deacon Michael Puskis of Colchester, Connecticut, had just finished preaching at all the masses at his parish that weekend, preaching about not knowing the day nor the hour. He, he passed away while swimming that no, November afternoon. This year has been tough for my family and I. In January, our brother Peter passed away following a 15-month battle with lung cancer. And just last Friday, after arriving home from work, our brother Paul passed away uh, after his aorta burst. Paul is teaching us to be a good Boy Scout. Tempus fugit, momente more. That's Latin for time flies, remember death. Time flies. Before you know it, things creep up on us. We always need to be ready. That's what Paul is teaching us today. We truly do not know the the day nor the hour. We could be going about our business, driving down the highway, or swimming in the pool, or even just getting home from work. Any day, any hour, when Jesus calls us home. Paul is teaching us to be ready for that call.
And now we're back. I, I like I said just a, just a moment ago that that homily is, in my opinion, it's not a it's not a two by four to the forehead, it's a sledgehammer to the face because it's it's simple, and and it's direct. This 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 is one of my favorite homilies I've ever heard in my life. I know you were inspired by the death of both your brother Peter and Paul, and how they their their lives. Their deaths were so so opposite. Where, where Paul's was so sudden, Peter had the opportunity to prepare for his death. Deacon, what what are some of the uh, thoughts that you had that were going through your mind as you were preparing that homily? Well, um, first of all, I wanted to mention that this this was the homily that I gave at Paul's wake. Mm-hmm. It was a very brief homily. Um, and I, I gave a different homily at his funeral. Yeah, I, you know, I was, you know, Paul passed away very suddenly. It, you know, it's not surprising because, um, you know, Paul smoked and uh, he he didn't really take care of himself. He didn't go to the doctor. And, uh, you know, so in retrospect, it it's not surprising. It was uh, it's, it shocked us. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, you know, it happened and, and we're still shocked. And of course we, we miss him terribly. And, you know, we're coming up with Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, and you know, it's going to be the first Thanksgiving that we didn't have, uh, either or both Paul and my other brother, Peter. So it's going to be a little different. Um, but anyway, he, he, he passed so suddenly he, and what, happened his aorta burst i think a, my wife says it's a dissection she saw the uh autopsy and you know just think about uh, you know the you might as well just cut the aorta um is in effect and you know in moments all your blood is coming out internally and um you know so and ju- uh, just so the yeah. audience knows your wife is a medical doctor she and she knows you know, when she looks at an autopsy report, she knows what she's talking about. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, she's a, a family physician. And, um, yeah, she knows the jargon and, you know, all that. I mean, she's not a, a cardiologist or anything like that, but she she knows enough. Uh, that that's what family uh, docs are. They know a little bit about everything and they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're like you're the old internists that they used to say, uh, used to call them. But anyway, yes. So, yeah. and that's what um, she had suspected early on that it was that uh, the, the hospital said it was either, either that or a, um, a massive heart attack. But, uh, you know, Paul smoked a lot. He, he was, you know, over a pack a day for probably 40 years and he never went to the doctor. So there was no, no monitoring of of his you know issues and um health and you know so there was no detecting that this was coming mm-hmm. um had he been going to the doctor even though he's smoking that they could have at least uh you know detected that there was something wrong and you know maybe uh, addressed it but you know so he he died you know I, I said he, he probably was dead before he hit the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, he had come home from work. Uh, he left work early because his back was bothering him. And as it turns out, the back was bothering him. That's one of the symptoms of these kinds of things, you know, um, uh, any heart uh, type heart attacks and heart things. It radiates out to, you know, your extremities, maybe your arm or underneath your arm or your back. You feel these kinds of pains. And I think the aorta issue, it tends to be the back. And, you know, so so he was home. He was with my brother, Tim, and he said, oh, my back. And he collapsed and was not responsive. You know, so Tim called, obviously, 911 and all that. But it was all, you know, uh, pretty much over by the time, by that time. So, but so, you know, the idea of the homily, you know, uh, as you're, you know, I was looking through a lot of the gospels and, and different readings uh, for funerals and stuff. And I was trying to decide, you know, what, what we would pray for, you know, what gospels we would pray at is both his, his funeral and his wake. And, you know, of course the ones come out, you know, these are uh, gospels we hear in November towards the end of the church year, the liturgical year. Mm -hmm. And we start examining, you know, the end of time, end of life, et cetera. Anyway, you don't know the day nor the time uh, when Jesus calls you home. You don't know. That was one of the readings, obviously, that I saw. But um, the other thing that hit me was, you know, I was reading the news and stuff, and and that's when I heard or read about um, that accident in New Orleans or just outside of New Orleans on Interstate 55. And um, at the time, they, they were saying it was there were seven people killed in that accident. I don't know if they changed that number or not, but uh, hopefully they didn't. They didn't, um, and it was only seven. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, they called it what they call it. Um, Super fog? Oh, super fog, yeah. I'm trying to remember. They call it super fog, and it was a combination of, of fog and, and um, smoke. And uh, anyway, uh, so you're driving along, and all of a sudden you can't see, and you're running into cars, and cars are running into you. And, you know, so that's another, you know, sudden event. And then it brought to mind this situation with um, – Father, uh, Father uh, Deacon uh, Mike Puskis, and uh, Deacon Mike Puskis was uh, the director of deacons, and he was kind of overseeing uh, my formation as well as the other uh, five men who were ordained, of four men who were ordained with me. And um, you know, he he was a great guy, very busy, very. He was um, he was a Secret Service. Uh, in the Secret Service, he protected presidents. Like I'm not sure which one. Uh, by the way, I met him when I was on my axe retreat, um, and I sat on the table. Uh, on my table, uh, on my first axe retreat, was Deacon Mike Puskis and Larry Burrell at the time. Um, and uh, so, so anyway, um, yeah. It must have been uh, quite a Deacon table because now, now you're a deacon. Father Larry's a, a, a priest. Uh, God rest Deacon Deacon Puska's soul. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's just um, because you said that he was he was a fit, a physically fit guy, and he just you know like like your your brother just ended up passing away one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Scripture tells us that death comes to or 
I guess it's death they're talking about. Correct me if I'm wrong. The death comes to us like a, a thief in the night. It can. Yeah. So how yes. how do how do we? What's the best way to prepare? What you know for for, for that death? You know, we look at the Boy Scouts. Um, the Boy Scouts, their motto is "Be prepared." Is we always have to be prepared uh, for the this situation. You know, you could end up with a you know a long illness like my brother Peter did, uh, who passed in January had a, a fifteen year fifteen month uh, battle with uh, lung cancer. You know, so you know that's coming, so you can prepare. But these situations, like Paul and and Deacon Puskis and this uh, you know car accident, you know, the thief in the night. It couldn't be a thief in the night. So we just have to always be prepared. You know, so that means uh, I'm going to say frequent. You know, fo- follow the commandments, follow God's law, frequent. Um, use of the sacraments, I'll say particularly the Eucharist and confession, you know, have a very uh, good, you know, go, so go to mass every Sunday at least, receive the Eucharist. If you could do daily mass, uh, go to daily mass as much as you can and have a habit of regular reconciliation, regular receiving the sacrament of reconciliation. I suggest once a month. Um, I think we've had uh, guests that we kind of had this conversation with um, as well. And, you know, it's, you can, you know, go too far and do it every week or something like that. And, you know, that may be too much, but um, yeah, frequent. And if you are in the state of mortal sin, uh, do not uh, stay in the state of mortal sin or you get that corrected as soon as absolutely possible. You know, you just don't want getting that car accident yeah. when you just land in mortal sin. Absolutely. I won't share uh, all the details, but I did, I uh, was on a business trip and I was in England. I was in uh, Birmingham, England, and for two weeks or something, I think, or maybe longer, I don't know. And um, I ended up, on a weekend, we went to um, London, and um, yeah, I fell into that state of mortal sin while I was there, and uh, I was terrified to get back on the plane to go back home, uh, you know, so I made sure I found a Catholic church and, and uh, you know, went to that sacrament uh, before, before long, so that, that that's how I think we need to be prepared. Always knowledgeable of, uh, you know, first of all, try not to fall into that, you know, yeah. mortal uh, state of mortal sin. But if that does happen, make sure you get that corrected right away. And also, you know, that good uh, practice of reconciliation and, and Eucharist, the, the, both of those give you grace that strengthen you to avoid, you know, these big sins. So, um, yeah, so that's how I would suggest you be prepared. Now, you you mentioned mortal sins, but but convenial sins can they condemn us to hell? No, I don't know. Venial sins um, injure our relationship with God. It it hurts. It you know, and it doesn't. You know, venial sins in themselves 
are, um, you know, cannot, you know, condemn us. Uh, uh, but uh, venial sins, if they're not addressed, if you, le- you know, leave them there and, you know, pile them up, uh, they can, you know, make you less sensitive to or or more sensitive, if you will, to the temptations. Yeah. You know, so if you if you have um, a lot of venial sins, you could possibly you're more apt to commit mortal sin, I guess uh, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Just because the state of yourself is, you know, your 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 soul is in that condition, you're weakened. You know, your will is weakened by all these sins. So we, we should get those cleaned up. Uh, but you do have to have uh, a mortal sin on your soul to be condemned. And one of the things, uh, by the way, uh, we had a conversation quite a while ago uh, with Father um, Alar. Mm-hmm. What's his first name? Father Chris From Alar. Stock- Chris Alar, yes. Um, and, and we examined the uh, uh, diary of, of uh, St. Faustina. Yeah. And one of the things that came, and you may even remember me texting you about trying to find some place in there that it says this, but bottom line is uh, St. Faustina writes in her diary that Jesus told her that he will come to a soul three times at the moment of death uh, to, you know, welcome them. And, you know, and if you, you have three opportunities to, accept uh jesus um and and be saved you know so there's three opportunities that has given me some comfort and hope uh in in particularly paul's case uh peter was very much prepared uh, i'm not sure i know how prepared paul was to be honest i just remember when peter was in the act of actively dying that you had a conversation and you you said to me how he he feels the prayers he knows that the prayers are are, are helping him through this maybe you could talk a little bit about that what he was feeling yeah i you know he he said that clearly that you know he and you and i we know a lot of people uh in the nice columbus and our acts community in the parish we know a lot of people in uh, of faith in, in and um and peter knows that and Anyway, uh, when he was sick, we put the put the word out for to pray for him. We added him to you know a number of prayer lists and things like this. There were masses said for him and stuff. But he said he actually felt uh, the the prayers, um, and he was he was much very comforted by the prayers that uh, were being said for him. Yeah, and the the other thing that, that came out related to this is that I wanted to say. And I think this was part of um, Father Chris Alaris' interview as well. So, you know, it just brings to the fact that God created everything. He's created even time and space, time. God is outside of time. So that 10, I I think Father Chris was talking about his grandmother that had, I think, committed suicide. I hope I'm accurate on that. And 10 years later, you know, Father Chris is still praying for his grandmother and God being outside of time and space, you know, can see at that moment uh, of death when a particular judgment occurs, 
uh, he knows that Father Chris, 10 years later, is going to be saying a prayer, and maybe 20 years later is going to be saying some prayers, or there's these masses being said for her. Um, and God takes all that into consideration. That's the those prayers, you know, help uh, these souls. So, so uh, that's comforting uh, as well. Um, and that was one of the messages which you didn't we didn't listen to the homily from Paul's funeral. It's a it's a longer, um, but that's one of the you know points that was made is that to keep praying for Paul for for his soul. We always pray for the repose of the souls. I think what I'll do, Deacon, is is at the end of the show, I'll I'll um, play that so people can hear that if if that's okay with you. Yeah, sure. It's on. You know, it is on uh, my um, podcast that has all my homilies. Yeah, uh, it's one of those. Uh, but uh, yeah, play it. It'd be fine. Yeah. You know, you you've, yeah. you've brought up a couple of great points, and 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 one of them was that. You know, you you mentioned Saint Faustina saying that Jesus will come to us three times. You know, at our, at the moment of our death, and it, it just reminds me of the image of you know the, the good thief and the bad thief, Dismas and Gesmus. And Dismas had was visited by Jesus in the flesh, right next to him, and he visited him once. He said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And he says, "This day you will be with me in paradise." Maybe that's maybe that's there for for all of us, you know. At the moment, oh, definitely. Yeah. At the moment of death, if we ask him to remember us in his kingdom. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, he was a, a thief, a criminal. You know, he he admitted that he was rightly condemned, and that Jesus was wrongly condemned, and you know, he just said, "Remember me," and he. Except, you know, so it just shows God's uh, amazing mercy uh, that he has. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's a, a great um, scripture to, to look back on. When Peter was going through his, his cancer and everything, how were you preparing him to die? Um, well, he was preparing himself uh, to die. And, uh, and to start, start with, I actually... Um, Father Larry was was the one. Um, so maybe it was about, let's see, it was in August, and he died in the following January, so whatever that is, uh, five months later. He, Peter visited me in Connecticut uh, and with my other brothers, and we, we did some camping and a week of, of fun and, and barbecues and swimming and, and games, et cetera. Yeah. And Peter, um, we were talking, and he, he – he knew that Father Larry was Father Larry, and Peter, or Father Larry uh, was Larry Burrell at the time, was Peter's um, table leader on his um, Peter's axe retreat. And um, anyway, uh, so long story short, we decided, hey, let's go to the mass that Father Larry is celebrating. It was only about uh, 25 minutes away from where we were, so we we went over there, Peter and I, and. Long story short, um, Peter shared, uh, you know, what was going on with him health-wise, and immediately Father Larry suggested to be the anointing of the sick, mm-hmm. and um, and it included the apostolic pardon. Uh, so, the the his anointing, um, you know, uh, forgave all his sins, 
and and uh, and the and the apostolic uh, pardon addresses the the temporal effect of sin, which uh, maybe we don't want to get into. Uh, we could if we want, but um, that's what gets addressed um, during purgatory. Um, you know, so uh, Peter's uh, time in purgatory was uh, reduced. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so he he got that he got that uh, anointing. And then I, I visited him. I think it was still December. It might have been early January. I can't remember, to be honest with you. And he was in the nursing home and uh, I went to his parish and asked if they could send a priest. And Peter was uh, the he had um, tumors in his brain, so he was starting to lose mental capacity. In fact, he, he wasn't you know really licit. You know you could talk to him, but he, he didn't. You know he wasn't making a lot of sense. Hmm. And anyway, uh, the priest came uh, very quickly, Father um, Sebastian. Okay, uh, I wanted to remember his name, Father Sebastian, and he he came and. Uh, you know, I stepped out of the room. He gave him the the anointing. Uh, he didn't hear his confession because it, because of the state of his mind. And anyway, he uh, so he passed shortly after that. Mm-hmm. So Peter was prepared by you know that's an important another important thing. If you if you know something is coming, you're ill. You know, stay in that state of grace and and receive that anointing of the sick. Um, and you can receive it more than once if, if the illness is elongated. You can receive it more than once, and Peter did, and that's you know that's how he was prepared. Hmm. What about the families? How do you how do you prepare the family for for something like this? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, you just you, you communicate accurately what's going on, and so people can start uh, dealing with it. Yeah, I don't know. You know. I, we were spread out. We, you know, we have a brother in in Virginia, another one in uh, North Carolina, um, New Jersey, New York. You know, so we were all over the place. So we weren't together much. Um, uh, I guess one way we prepared, and that was in fact that we we called it a family reunion. We, had, you know, that was that August visit Peter made, and all but one of my brothers was able to come, and we spent the week together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was, that was good. That, that was, uh, you know, I, I think we all realized or thought that that would, that would be, that was our goodbye to Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I personally uh, made a couple of trips to Florida since that or after that. So to where Peter was and, um, and visited him. But anyway, that's, that's kind of how we prepared much. It's a hard question, Dave. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Is there a daily formula that we could follow to be prepared for for our own death? Well, uh, of course, prayer. You know, say, have a, a good prayer life, and including um, a good examination of conscience every day, uh, if you can. And they suggest in the evening is to. Uh, have that examination of conscience, you know, maybe before you go to bed, say a good act of contrition. Um, and um, as you examine your conscience uh, daily, that would bring to mind really clearly if there is 
you know, something serious there that you need to go to confession. So, mm-hmm. you know, good prayer life. Receive the Eucharist if you can daily. That'd be another piece that you could you could do. You know, we do a lot of stuff with Tan Books, Deacon Dave, and Father um, Robert Nixon translated a book that was written by Thomas Kempis. It's called Meditations on Death, Preparing for Eternity. As far as books go, this this little book is probably as profound as your homily. It's it, and it's a great little resource to to just kind of remind yourself that we're not here forever. Death gives meaning to our life. As much as we we may at some point and I admit this, I I still as much as I love God and 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 trust him, there's still some fear about death that's in my life. And and that's that's my struggle with, with death. So I, I would suggest you can go to Tan Books and, and check out Father Nixon's Nixon's book. Uh, this is really a sad. What's the title? What's the title again? Uh, the, the title is Meditations on Death, Preparing for Eternity. And it was written originally by Thomas Akempis, but it was um, it was translated by Father Robert Nixon. Who you can go back and you can into uh, the archives of, of along the way, and you can hear an interview by me and Father Nixon uh, about that book. It's it's actually a fantastic book. Uh, I did not read it before I had, had, had um, spoken with him, but I, I wrote it subsequently, and I'm, I was just blown away. It's, it's, it's a little book. It's probably like, yeah, it's only like 67 pages, but it's, it's 69 pages, but it's just, it's amazing because it, it, it it's simple, and it, and it just brings you to the, the reality that we're not going to live forever, and we need to be prepared, so... We do need to be prepared. Yeah. You know, I really feel that the Spirit is, the Holy Spirit is uh, moving in me mm-hmm. uh, as as I'm preparing, writing homilies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something I really enjoy. I think when we talked with um, Father Larry, um, be, you know, before just before I was ordained, that's something I said I was kind of looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, I'm like, where is all this, where's some of this stuff coming from? I mean, I, I don't have a ton of homilies that I've done. I've only been ordained about four or five months now. Um, and I don't preach that often, but um, even these couple w- with regard to Paul, I, th- I think they were, you know, there's some things that are coming out that I'm not sure where they came from. Well, I do. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's, it's the Holy spirit mm-hmm. to prayer and that's that's when you open the door to to the spirit to to help you. I mean, it had to be because you were very composed during the homily that I saw you give. But that's the second brother that you buried this year. Yeah, it's a sad subject. People are losing, especially during COVID. I mean, COVID we lost a lot of a lot of people, and how many people just got coughed on and then ended up dying? Yeah, it could happen any day. Yes, I had yeah. a I had a heart attack. You know that you we we had three interviews that we were going to be doing that day, and it was just I, I called you. And I said, Dave, I'm on, I'm on my way to the hospital. You gotta you gotta help me out. You gotta cancel these these. And uh, I struggled sometimes with the fact that I survived while other people didn't. Mm. Oh, 
God had more things for you to accomplish here. That's uh, that's what I that's what I say. Why you why you survived? I mean, of course, the doctors were skillful and took care of the the, the issues there. And we we don't know. You know, we need to be prepared. We don't know when when it will come. And we'll. Uh, oh, we were talking about the spirit and. Yeah, he's just uh, just oh, oh, being composed. That's where I w- wanted to go. You were man- mentioning that faith. You know, I've been on a, a recovery or a conversion journey since you know for 20 years now, way back to when I met Father Larry at uh, and Deacon Puskis at that table on the action retreat, right around that time. Mm-hmm. And and I've been on this journey, and you know things don't happen in a snap you don't you don't have a conversion or i didn't in any way overnight but over time with continual prayer continual reading of the bible uh consuming uh spiritual uh, materials and continual prayer sacraments you know uh the lord led me on this journey and strengthened my faith to to the point where even though i missed both peter and paul uh of course, I know they're in a in a better place. I know I know I will see them again. So I'm not that worried about that, or that doesn't worry me. So I think that uh, helps keep my composure, as you said. I had delivering those uh, homilies. You know, Deacon Dave. One thing that crosses my mind when I hear of somebody that passes away is is the fact that they've looked into the eyes of Jesus Christ. And they have seen perfect love. I'm still here. You're still here. You know, both Peter and Paul have gone before you, and they've looked into the eyes of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> one of the other things uh, that is in that humbly for at Paul's funeral is near-death experiences, and that, that was very interesting. Um, and we we interviewed uh, Father Spitzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, some time ago, and that was, you know, one of the topics that he talked about. His his whole uh, thing is that he's, you know, scientific. You know, he's a he's a priest, but he's scientific. And and uh, I listened to another uh, thing he did on uh, Word on Fire recently, and it was all about the universe and and all the different constants in the universe and how it's almost impossible that the chances that our universe is the one that got created and that supports life is is you know if, if that was to happen by chance it would be almost impossible for it to happen mm-hmm. and but that's kind of what his thing is about but he he also did very recently i listened to it recently on hollow he had a i think it was a six-part series on near death experiences and and you said going and looking into the eyes of jesus uh, these near-death experiences, people actually are clinically dead. Their heart stops. They have no brain, no or little brain activity, and all this. And and people have experienced uh, leaving their bodies, uh, meeting people, seeing things, and even meeting Jesus or God. One of the features of that, that this state, you know, the you know again back to science when you talk about this with science. There were like four different elements of of types of evidence that would, you know, that proved that hmm, there's something going on after after we die. And but one of those was 
a uh, elimination of the death and anxiety. So we we all have a death anxiety, uh, and uh, Father Spitzer said that you could detect that with like a a lie detector. Uh, you know, it it may be a subconscious anxiety, but you know you can do a, a lie detector type uh, evaluation and determine yeah, we all have this anxiety. All these people who had these positive near death experiences, where they maybe went to heaven or to the to the door or yeah. you know met Jesus, and that death anxiety is gone. Uh, for those people, hmm. um, you know, so it's, it's, you know, this is more stuff that just gives you hope, um, that, well, there's more to come. Uh, you know, I th- how did they put it this, um, New York Academy science Academy or something. They said that, and I think you'll hear it in the comedy that you're going to play at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they said that, it's quite possible or a great, a good chance that our consciousness will survive death, you know, and, you know, I, I call that consciousness that they're talking about our soul, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, we're a, we're a body and soul. And when we die, our soul separates from our body. And um, yes, that that's what we believe is that our consciousness or our soul will survive our our death probably death so science is actually starting to catch up with yeah with yes exactly yeah yeah it's amazing Um, deacon dave before we uh before we go what just kind of give it a final wrap-up you know give give me a a pep talk that you know it's it's going to be okay help me die help me die oh god is good he loves us we have you know, we we have a strong faith. We don't have conclusive um, evidence that God is there, but an intelligent person looking at you know what God has revealed to us. Uh, you even look at nature. You look at God's creation. You can see the goodness and the presence of God. So He is good. He loves us. God is love, and you know we have we have practices we can. Be t- we can take and do prayer sacraments and to to be prepared uh, for when that time comes. And you know we're in this uh, fallen, broken world uh, on Earth now, where there's suffering and and hurt and pain and sin. You know where we're going with God when we're with God after our death. All that's gone. It's, it will be. Uh, complete happiness uh, being with God. So, brother, no no worries. Just stay the course. Have a good practice of prayer life and and the sacraments, and and you'll be okay. And uh, if you don't mind taking us out with a blessing, Deacon. Sure. So I, I you know I bless Dave your your podcast or our podcast. I bless the the um, your audience. Uh, this episode, all the episodes, and I ask Almighty God to bless all of us, your listeners, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. On behalf of St. Clair's Parish, 
our celebrant, Father Larry Burrell, I offer our heartfelt sorrow and condolences for the loss of our brother, Paul. Please know of our prayers for all of you and Paul. And I want to thank especially Father Larry Burrell for being here from Connecticut to celebrate Paul's life and funeral. Amen, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. This is a great promise Jesus makes to us, that we will be in paradise with him. This good thief was, by his own admission, condemned justly, was given great mercy from Jesus. He had fear of God and asked to be remembered. This gives us hope. What is the paradise that Jesus is talking about? Our Catholic faith tells us and believes that we are made up of a body, which is mortal, and a soul, which is immortal. Death is the point in which the soul is separated from the body. The soul goes on either to be with God for eternity, which Jesus called paradise, and we call heaven, or the soul is separated from God for eternity. Faith is not knowing 100%. We do have doubts. That's normal. Let me share some scientific information that could help us with our doubts. There's documented uh, peer-reviewed publications where there have been thousands of cases with evidence of people who were clinically dead and later revived. During the time of their clinical death, they had what is called near-death experiences. The New York Academy of Sciences in 2022 said that there is a credible, credible possibility that our consciousness is going to survive our physical death. The New York Academy of Sciences is a reputable academy and has the mission to advance science, research, and knowledge. Their statement is based on evidence from these near-death experiences. There are a few different types of evidence that caused the New York Academy of Sciences to make this statement. They include accounts by individuals, uh, individuals of events during their clinical death, which includes details that there is no way they would be able to know, or encounters with deceased relatives that they previously did not know. Also, blind people who are able to see during their near-death experience. And the elimination of what's called the subconscious death anxiety, which we all have, and we can detect that with a polygraph. That was eliminated. We call this consciousness, which is going to survive our physical death, our soul. This gives us hope. Our our brother Paul was well-loved and a kind, loving man. He had a difficult life. This time on earth, in in our fallen state, following the uh, sin of Adam and Eve, is difficult for all of us. Out of love, God created us 
in his own image and likeness, and he wanted us to love him. But love can only happen freely. This is why God gave us free will. However, free will is a two-edged sword. Our choices can lead to suffering. One of the greatest questions, challenges, in fact, to our Catholic faith is if God is all-powerful and loving, why is there so much suffering in the world? This is a very good question, and we could spend all kinds of time discussing this. But here's a quick thought. God doesn't cause the suffering. He permits it. He permits it in respect of our free will. God, however, uses the suffering to bring about a greater good. We may not be able to see or understand a greater good from our suffering, and it may occur at some time after the suffering, but God does bring about a greater good. Paul certainly had his fair share of suffering. He was challenged with a learning disability and was socially awkward which made it difficult for him to manage life on his own. I can't say what greater good God had in mind for Paul's suffering, but I can say this. God provided Paul, his brothers, especially his twin, Tim, love and support for Paul. They watched over and helped Paul in life with help finding jobs, housing, and just plain old loving him. One of the great saints canonized by Pope John Paul II is St. Faustina, who facilitated giving us the divine mercy devotion. And by the way, over in this uh, shrine, over on this side of the church, is uh, St. Clair's divine mercy uh, shrine. St. Faustina commissioned an artist to paint the Divine Mercy image and wrote her diary, giving Jesus the message of mercy. She tells us in her diary that Jesus comes and visits a soul after death three times, giving us ample opportunity to be saved. Tim and I prayed the Divine Mercy chaplet in the hospital after Paul had passed away. Our prayers are important. Our prayers yesterday, today, at his funeral, and tomorrow are all important. God created all things from nothing, including time. God is eternal. He always existed and will always exist. God is outside of time that he created. Even though Paul's particular judgment has already occurred, our continual prayers are effective. God, being outside of time, knows all the prayers for Paul, including the prayers of today and in the future. We don't know how much grace or prayers are needed, so keep praying for Paul. This gives us hope. Hope that we will rejoin Paul. That is why we're here today. Let us remember Paul with our prayers. We pray for him to complete his journey, to be with Jesus in paradise.
And for my co-host, Deacon Dave Imhoff, I'm down the hall, Dave, always praying that your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. We'll see you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.